The car rolled out of sight, and she realized she was breathing hard, although the walk was short and not uphill. She felt in her coat pockets for the gold Dunhill lighter and the cigarettes she'd brought with her from Paris. The fat white moon looked about ready to pop. It was easily enough light to see the bench, so she sat down and breathed out noisily. It's all in your head. It's all in your head. Then, as she flicked the lighter on, she was startled by a noise, a noise as if someone was standing close behind her, angrily sucking in their cheeks. She sprang up and crashed down again, her hand trembling as she slipped the lighter back in her pocket and put the cigarette to her lips. Just a branch, rubbing against another. This place had some impressive old, old trees, well-established, like everything here. A rope swinging, squeaking in the breeze. She longed for a bottle of scotch to go with the cigarettes. Why had she not thought to bring that out, too? Tomorrow, Friday, would be the visit from the lousy journalist at 10 a.m., which didn't help her mood any. She ought to telephone from the booth outside the cottage and call the whole thing off. Jesus, how could she be anonymous, safe, if people wrote about her and named Bridge Cottage? The earlier conversation, making the arrangement for the interview, had been awkward and no doubt offered a foretaste of how it would be. Matter of fact, I was rather hoping to keep my stay here private, as I'm having a hard time getting to finish a couple of books, she had begun, only to be cut off with, but it's so exciting to have a famous crime writer at Earl Soham. She'd had to explain, for possibly the hundredth time in her career, that she didn't write crime novels. She wasn't a crime writer. The damn fool girl had protested by naming some of the best-known novels, as if Pat didn't know her own work, to which she'd patiently explained. Would you call Dostoevsky a crime writer for writing Crime and Punishment? Edgar Allan Poe? Theodore Dreiser? I don't happen to care for the label crime writer. There's not much detection in my novels. There's rarely any police involvement at all. She finished her cigarette and stubbed it out under her shoe. She thought she heard sounds of car tires popping on gravel near the village hall beside the church. And then she gave in to a powerful compulsion to bend forward and scuff out signs of her smoking with her hand, picking up the cigarette butt and stuffing it into the pocket of her coat then looking left and right up the street, as if she was in a bad movie, covering up the evidence. She felt as if she watched herself doing this, carefully. She'd had that feeling from childhood. Narrating herself was how she thought of it. Pat did this, Pat did that. A running commentary that she couldn't tune out. As her hand dug into the pocket, she discovered a tiny snail she'd snuck in there yesterday, meaning to return it to its home. She held it close to her face to examine it in the moonlight. A less experienced observer might believe the baby snail to have vacated the shell, but she knew it was in there, hiding. She'd torn off a piece of lettuce and felt the crumpled pieces of it now inside her pocket, along with the little snail, bouncing in there as she walked, like a lucky pebble. Her mood lifted as she pictured herself showing the snail with its beautiful stippled brown and cream shell, its tiny body cautiously extending, its horns flailing inquisitively, to Sam. She picked up speed, striding back towards Bridge Cottage and her brogues, finding her way without a flashlight, because the moon drenched everything in milky light. 
the telephone booth, the allotments, the gas pumps on the little forecourt next to her cottage. Rain threatened, but she didn't want to get the shiny brogues muddy. The smell of wood smoke had evaporated. This time, no cars passed her. Not one single house in that dull, pleasant place had a light on. She'd forgotten to lock the front door, she realized, and as she grabbed the handle, brushing aside a dried-up rose that trailed near her face, another tense moment. What if someone had managed to sneak inside while she was out? The door gave its customary jerk as she opened it and stepped inside. The living room in darkness, a faded Turkish mat, sludge colors, which had once been red and blue. She sniffed, relaxing her shoulders. No one was here. No one had been following her. Maybe she was half-cracked, ready for the booby hatch.